We are. We are. We are cultivate. 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 We are cultivate. Despite her seemingly bold and brash demeanor, with muscles that were literally award-winning and a loyal following of people that would pay her to throw them around, Sally McNeil was trapped in a terrible cycle of abuse. This would all reach its breaking point on Valentine's Day in 1994 when Sally McNeil would shoot her husband dead following yet another round of abuse. The lengthy and challenging trial that ensued focused on two questions. Was she acting in self-defence or was she a resentful wife with her own anger issues and history of violence who was lashing out at her husband who was having an affair with another woman? Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Horror House. I apologise in advance if my voice sounds terrible because I'm currently dying. But the things we do for for you. <laughs> um, though that being said, we do appreciate you. We do love you. We do love the support you give us week in and week out. And we genuinely wouldn't be able to do this without you. So... Thank you, and you're awesome. Don't forget that. Amy, how are you doing today, my lovely? I'm alright. I don't want to go too over the top and be like, I'm perfectly healthy, thanks, Dom, but I am. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, sorry about it. Um, I'm a little bit concerned you're not going to make it to the end of the episode, to be honest, mate, but, you know, we'll, we'll do what we do. We'll do what we do. That sounds like a challenge. So now I'm going to make it my mission to make it to the end of the episode. That's the only reason I said it. (laughs) The gauntlet has been laid. Yeah. It's (laughs) the motivation. (laughs) Oh, dear. Um, So we spoke about it um, off mic. Mm -hmm. But last week's episode did crazy, crazy things on the YouTube channel. Um, So, like... It's sitting at like 700 mm-hmm. views or something. We got like 20 subscribers like <laughs> from that episode. Welcome. Hello, Obviously, people. Yes, if you're a new subscriber, hello. Um, but yeah, that was unexpected. Um, mm-hmm. But thank you to to everyone who who's watched, who's liked, who's shared, who's commented. We got some really nice comments. Actually, we got a few really nice ones. That makes a lot um, change. It does. <laughs> it does. I'm going to be intrigued to see what comments end up being left on this. Um, yeah. We'll see. <laughs> but, but yeah, um, thank you for, for the love on that episode. It was greatly appreciated. So, Amy, how much do you know about the case of Killer Sally or Sally McNeil? Have you seen the documentary? Do you know a lot? Do you know a little? What's, what's the situation? I have seen the documentary. Um, I think I watched it maybe as it was put on Netflix, so a fair while ago. Um, and I've resisted the temptation to watch it again because I want to come into this with it not fresh in my mind. Um, but I remember watching it and having quite strong opinions 
So I'm wondering mm-hmm. if I'm still going to feel the same when we talk about it. Okay. It's definitely an interesting case, though. It's one that yes, I think divides people. Um, hell, we like talking about those yes. over here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we like the spicy episodes um, every so often. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, um, I have watched a documentary a few times um, that is very good. Um, definitely, I think it's a case that you're going to fall one side or the other. I don't think there's really a middle ground so yeah. much mm-hmm. in this one. Um, I think it's quite black and white. So it would be intriguing to see what people do think. And obviously, I'll be intrigued to see what you think at the end of the episode as well. If it's changed your mind, if it's, you know, giving you some new insight and all that good stuff. Um, I do also want to shout out the documentary as well. Um, Killer Sally on Netflix. It's, like I said, it's a great documentary. Um, obviously, this episode is is going to be a sort of summary um the documentary is three episodes i believe so so, yeah you know once you've listened yeah once you've listened to this and you want some more information you want to hear from sally herself who obviously is a focal point in the documentary um and has a lot of interviews with sally herself please do go and watch it last time i checked it's still on netflix Mm -hmm. i don't think it's been taken off um, if it has been taken off, I'm sorry for the false advertising. Don't come <laughs> after me. As far, well, UK Netflix <laughs> at least. It's definitely still on UK Netflix. It came up last night Yeah. Um, when I was browsing and I, I oh, looked okay. at it and thought, shall I watch it? No, <laughs> I don't watch it. So it's definitely still on there as of yesterday um, in the UK. We don't know about okay. the countries. This would have been... If we okay. were sponsored by one, which we are not, this would have been a great point to talk about a VPN. So VPN providers, it if you're would. listening and you want to sponsor us, it just comes naturally that we want to, you know, help you. So, you know, give us a call. We're just at the other end of the phone. Yeah, absolutely. NordVPN, come come hit us up. Come ask. Come, Other come VPN providers are available. Any of you are welcome to give us yeah. a ring. Okie dokie. <laughs> so, without further ado, um, are you ready to get into this week's episode, Ames, and hear about the case, the very complicated trial, um, and its outcome? Yeah, I'm as ready as I could be. Lovely stuff. Cool. So, born Sally Dempsey on the 10th of September 1960 in Allentown, Pennsylvania, Sally McNeil recalls a difficult childhood filled with constant exposure to violence to the point where she believed it was a normal occurrence in every household. Richard Dale Dempsey, Sally's father, was a rampant alcoholic who routinely beat her mother. Um, The Killer Sally documentary states that her mother remarried when Sally was three years old and would go on to have two kids, uh, Judy and Jill, who are Sally's half sisters um and yet again we're out the gates very very quickly with a dickhead parent um Mm. and which probably set the tone for uh sally's later life 
Yeah, I mean, we tend to make that argument when it comes to serial killers as opposed to people like this, but, I mean, there's always something that's a potential trigger, and I guess this falls into that as well, so, oh dear. So, McNeil participated in the track and field swimming and diving teams um, at uh, Deer, Deer Rough High School in Allentown. Her goal was to become a gym instructor when she enrolled at East Stroudsburg State College, um, which is now East uh, Stroudsburg University of Pennsylvania. Uh, Unfortunately, however, she ran out of money to continue her degree um, and her parents uh, refused to help fund the rest um, and she would have to leave um, and unfortunately abandon her dream of becoming a gym instructor. While serving in the Marines, uh, McNeil first married Anthony Loudon at Paris Island. Uh, the couple had two children together, Shantina and John, plus one additional child from a previous marriage. Um, their marriage would last for four years, and towards the end of it, Sally described Anthony as being abusive, um, which is a theme um, from childhood pretty much all the way through um, her first marriage, well, not all the way through, towards the end of her first marriage, pretty much her entire second marriage. Um, so, yeah, unfortunately, this was yeah. normal for Sally, um, mm. which obviously shouldn't be normal at all. Yeah, definitely. It makes it very hard to get out of. If you haven't experienced a relationship where there is no abuse, knowing that or having an abusive relationship doesn't seem like you're willing to take more. I guess it takes something way more extreme yeah. for you to go, well, hang on a minute, this hasn't happened before. So yeah, it's it builds up and up until, you know, something bad happens, which is, is really sad. You know, like the fact that the only experience of relationships that she's got is abusive ones and therefore that's the norm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And if you know this case, unfortunately, you know that it will build up and build up and build up and reach a very unfortunate crescendo. Um, So McNeil filed for divorce from Anthony while she was being sent to Camp uh, Pendleton, and she was granted custody of their two eldest children. Uh, The third child was placed placed up for adoption uh, during the divorce. Um, due to her persistently bad behavior, which included violent outbursts, anger management problems, and lashing out at others, McNeil was demoted from her sergeant post in 1990, um, and eventually she would be dismissed from the military entirely. During her time serving at Camp Pendleton, McNeil would become involved in bodybuilding, and in June 1987, she would be introduced to fellow competitor and her future second husband, Ray McNeil, by a friend. Sally and Ray would quickly hit it off um, and were married after two months. Whoa. Whoa. God damn. That, that is <laughs> speedy. That's quick. Um, <laughs> yeah. That, that, Holy hell. There must have been some good... Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Well, saying that, he would, like, (laughs) 
spoiler alert, he would pump himself to the gills with steroids later on. So I don't know if it was actually that impressive. (laughs) I mean... I don't know. I mean, there must be some shrinkage. Maybe they were just, maybe I'm just being (laughs) cynical. Maybe they were just hopelessly in love and then couldn't live without each other in those two months. But yeah, Mm -hmm. bit bit quick, Sal. Just slow it up. Mm. Two months is kind of the the getting to know you period. Yeah, you don't know someone else at two months. Or is that? Yeah, yeah. This is why all of my friendships are three months long. Because then they know the real me and they leave. (laughs) Oh, dear. Just just a revolving door of friends. (laughs) I feel feel like all of my friends that have known me for longer than three months, which, to be honest, is most of them, are now going to be like, yeah, fuck you, bitch. Um, I'm just joking. I love you guys. But, yeah. yeah. My point being, you don't know someone properly after two months like not enough to agree to be their lifelong partner no absolutely not um so um like i said um they would marry after two months according to the muscular development magazine however unfortunately it would only take a few days for the abuse to start with sally being choked and punched in the face um by her new husband so Sally um, would be unable to rejoin the military, uh, so she had to find another source of income. Um, so she would begin charging men uh, $300 an hour to wrestle with her, a practice known as, quote, muscle worship. Um, I, I I say wrestle with her. I use that loosely. It was more getting paid to be ragdolled by a very muscular woman. <laughs> There was no okay. wrestling involved. I mean, but if if sure. if you're into it, we we ain't gonna judge. I mean, if if I was, I'm not gonna be a bodybuilder anytime soon. But if I was blessed with a lot of muscles, then sure, why not use them for something like that? But yeah, I mean, at least you, I guess you know you're not gonna be necessarily in danger because in theory, these are much smaller men that are coming to see you, oh, and yeah. therefore you could just snap them. Um, so I guess oh, it's yeah. a good way to make money, really. So good on you. Yeah, and and from what I gathered in the documentary, she did make a pretty, you know, decent amount of amount of money from it. Um, so during these videos, she would use the moniker Killer Sally or Killer McNeil, something that would come back to haunt her after the events of Valentine's Day in 1995. Um, those monikers, unfortunately, would would come back um, a little yeah. bit later on. Ray was able to leave the Marines and devote himself full-time to bodybuilding after Sally eventually earned enough money from her videos. And in 1991, Ray would be crowned Mr. California. Um, yeah, he was a... Obviously, you know, you, you know what Ray looks like because you've seen the documentary. He was a, mm. he was a big boy. He was a big, yeah. big boy. However, the couple's infatuation with bodybuilding drove them to desperation, and they began using steroids to gain the needed muscular mass. Um, to get steroids for Ray, Sally would even travel to Tijuana, Mexico, um, taking her kids with her. Um, obviously, 
Sally would admit in the Netflix documentary she was not proud of this um, and freely admitted this was bad parenting um, on her part. You think? So at least she took responsibility for it and said, yeah, that was something that I shouldn't have done. Um, Yeah. But yeah, taking your kids to get steroids in Mexico of all places. Yeah. I mean, I wonder why... Interesting choice. Are they just easier to get in Mexico? Do Mexican steroids hit different? Are they like spicier or well, I don't, why does she have to go to Mexico? <laughs> spicier. Oh, these steroids are spicy. <laughs> these are some spicy steroids. I don't know. Maybe they were just maybe they were just easier to get. There was or less cheaper. red tape. Cheaper. I don't know. Cheaper potentially. Mm. You know. Um, but. That's obviously just a guess because obviously in the documentary, she didn't um, go into detail. She, you know, Mm -hmm. said that was bad parenting and I'm not going to talk any more about it. Um, So um, unfortunately, both sides did adopt a culture of steroid misuse, um, which um, for anyone that doesn't know, has the unintended consequence of inciting violent outbursts aka roid rage um times of familial bliss for mcneil and her children who took to calling ray dad uh were interspersed with moments of physical abuse main mainly aimed at sally but also towards the children um shantina and john on one occasion sally states that ray broke her toe when he tossed her across a room um on another occasion, Ray wrenched Sally's shoulders with such force that it would result in a torn rotator cuff. Um, choking was commonplace, and Sally would be routinely beaten and bruised. Ray is not a good guy. No, yeah. Ray is not a good guy. I didn't even know Ray what a torn a rotator cuff is, but it does not sound fun or like something that I want. Yeah. None of that no. stuff sounds like something like, I'm, I'm, I mean, maybe the choking. But not in the way. But <laughs> it's yeah, a different type of choking. Yeah, I don't know. I think when you look at her, when you see her, it's really difficult to see her as a victim of domestic abuse because she's just so like big, like she's muscly, she's strong. So you would just automatically think, well, there's no way that anyone's gonna mess with her, you know. Yeah. But then you realise that Ray is the equivalent in terms of strength but man and it's yeah yeah it's surprising yeah yeah 100 percent um and as we'll find out later in the episode sally's sort of appearance and the fact that she is a you know a, a bigger muscular woman um who doesn't look like she could be thrown around and abused that is something that the prosecution would very much sort of um you know get in on that was that was their sort of go-to um Mm. tactic uh ray would eventually start having an affair with another woman who went to the same gym um duane dj jeffers a friend of ray's claims that ray had intended to spend valentine's day 1995 with the other woman rather than his wife Ray even said that he would tell Sally about ending their relationship, 
However, DJ warned him about the shotgun in their house, saying that she might use it, um, obviously, to shoot him. However, he would state that Ray would only laugh it off, which um, he wouldn't be laughing it off uh, a little yeah. bit later on down the line. You'd be laughing it off on the other side of your face, literally. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and while Ray McNeil obviously wasn't a good man nor a good husband um, and was prone to outbursts of violence um, and he was an abusive husband both to the children, both to Sally um, Sally did have a history of violent behaviour herself um, something that at trial would be used um, to paint a very different picture of Sally than the defence would, would paint um, for example in 1990 McNeil was taken into custody after she threatened ex-husband Adney Loudon with a gun and broke the windows of his car with a metal bar. Um, she had also been arrested previously for assaulting a mailman who slapped her son John after John got into an altercation with the mailman's son. Additionally, a club bouncer confronted Sally in 1993 for dancing on the tables. Um, uh, drunk and not wanting to do uh, what she was told, Sally would kick him in the face three times. When the cops arrived, she would also go on to threaten to kill them as well. So, okay. you know, Sally is, and I don't want this to come off as victim blaming, so that's not the intention. No, but no, no, no. Sally could be violent herself, which is why the prosecution, you know, very much were like, you know, she she's also a violent person, therefore she can't really be a battered woman that she claims to be yeah yeah it's tough because it's kind of like the perfect storm of well there's no possible way that she could be abused because number one she as we mentioned you know before she's strong she's got muscle she's not like the typical stereotypical you know weak woman and then uh -huh. there's this where she's the one that's violent and she's publicly violent and she hits people that don't need to be hit and she's got a quick temper and things like that. It's It then makes it very difficult for a jury, let alone anyone else, to believe yeah. that you're not going to immediately think, I've got a shotgun. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, you know, and... And obviously, she was taking steroids as well. Um, so, yeah, you know, rage. those could have been roid rage as well. Um, it also could be that she's been, she's sort of a product of her environment at this point. You know, she grew up in an abusive yeah. household. Her first marriage ended abusively. Her second marriage has been entirely abusive. So, you know, she, maybe she, like I said, she is just a product of her environment that she's always been in. Yeah, it's definitely a lot of um, a lot of negative factors going against her. Yes. However, the abuse um, would all come to a bloody and brutal end on Valentine's Day in 1995. In the intro, I said Valentine's Day 1994. That was a mistake. Um, it is 1995. 
Um, and that would be a night that would end with Ray McNeil, um, a bloody heap on the floor, the recipient of two rounds from a sawed-off shotgun fired by his wife, Sally McNeil. Um, so I think that's a good um, point to wrap up part one um, and take a little bit of a break before we get into the trial and the the outcome and you know the the events you know that happened later on um amy what do you think yeah i reckon so i mean usually when i've got a bloody heap of a person on the floor i find it's good to take a break before you make your next step so (laughs) yeah let's do that yeah cool um we shall see you back here in just Uh, we shall show you back here in just a few moments. This is Did Not Need to Know. I'm Jenna. And I'm Danielle. I love true crime. And I hate it. We are sisters, and this is a comedy true crime podcast where I scare Danielle every week with stories that she did not need to know. Follow us to listen. Did Not Need to Know, streaming everywhere, released on Mondays. We are on Instagram at Did Not Need to Know and Facebook and Twitter at DNNTK Podcast. Bye. Welcome to the Carolinas, where serial killers, abductions, and mysterious circumstances are abundant. Join me, Tiffany, and my co-host Sam, two moms, as we cover local true crime cases that will leave you wanting more. Tune in every weekend for our new episodes where we rotate between North Carolina and South Carolina true crime cases. Find us on all major podcast platforms like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio, and follow us on our social media. We're on Instagram at Cola City Crime, and you can find our Facebook page by searching our name, Cola City Crime. Welcome back to this week's episode uh, about the case of Sally McNeil. Um... I know we briefly touched on it during the break, um, but Ames, what are your thoughts on this one so far? Yeah, it's, it's tough because obviously I'm a woman and when it comes to domestic abuse, I'm always going to naturally fall to the side of the woman um, because, you know, that's who you relate to. It's it's just as simple as that. Um but there's a lot there's a lot going on with her like i didn't realize how much or how many i should say violent instances she'd had prior to this like with just not well random people like police officers and you know bar staff and stuff i didn't realize that it was as bad as all that so it kind of makes you think oh okay maybe she's not quite she's not just a domestic abuse victim in this she's a lot of things yeah, I think it's a very multi-faceted case. Um, you know, there are so many different aspects, so many different elements to it. Um, mm. I know one thing, I would not want to be a defense attorney on this one. No, and I definitely wouldn't want to be in the room with her with her bloody shot, sawn-off shotgun either. So, uh, are you ready to dive into part two? Yes. Lovely stuff. So, it was Valentine's night in 1995, the most romantic day of the year, even though there are 364 other days to show how much you love someone, but I digress. No, Um, no, no, no. We like Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day is good. (laughs) We enjoy it. It's it's a fun day. It's not about not showing the person that you don't love them the rest of the time. 
It's just about celebrating that love on that day. I like it. A lot of people get surprised when I say that I like it because I seem, you know, might be miserable and not, you know, down with love. But Valentine's Day is good. However, this particular Valentine's Day, not great. Yeah, this is the exception. <laughs> um, yes. And and uh, also, I I was only I was only kidding. Um, but for for me, it's. It's about the discounted chocolate the day after. That's that's what it's all about. You're just getting your excuses in early as to why I'm not going to get Valentine's gift. <laughs> I'll send you a really I'll cheesy card. This conversation. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. And if it arrives on the sixteenth, um, then I'll know you got it at a discounted rate. <laughs> With some chocolate, which has got a few a few of them missing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, oh, I won't be happy. Dear. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so, like I said, it was Valentine's Day, night in 1995. However, Ray wasn't spending the evening with his wife. In the words of Baby Sarian, nay, nay. Uh, Ray instead was on a date with Marianne Myers, a fellow member of Gold's Gym, instead of his wife. Dirty dog. That's not cool. Dirty dog. Dirty dog. Um, Sally, obviously steadfast that Ray should be with his wife on Valentine's night, not, you know, okay. some someone that he's having an affair with, um, would start to get ready to go out and find her husband. But alas, Ray would turn up at the couple's home at 9.15pm. At the time, Sally was in the bathroom putting on makeup, which resulted in Ray yelling at Sally, inferring that she was seeing another man. Mm, I mean, you're boinking another woman, so I don't know if you can use... <laughs> Someone's projecting. <laughs> okay, <Ray>. <laughs> yeah. Um... In turn, Sally would state that she was going to find him so she could spend Valentine's night with her husband. An argument would ensue um, with Sally accusing him of adultery. And in a explosive fit of roid rage, Ray would begin choking Sally. Um, Ray, quote, slapped her, pushed her down on the floor and started choking her, according to the police transcript. Uh, McNeil would manage to squirm away um, and run into the bedroom and take her sawed-off shotgun out of its case in the closet. Uh, Sally would then shoot Ray twice, uh, once in the abdomen, taking him to the floor, and then would reload and shoot him one more time, this time in the face. Whoa. Whew. Oh, indeed. That escalated quick. Yeah. So despite being shot twice, one of these being a direct hit in the face, Ray didn't die straight away and managed to cling to life. Um, however, he would die a few hours later in the hospital. Um, Christ. Now, that's pretty wild. I'm not going to lie. Um, yeah. when, when, they, when they mentioned that in the documentary, I was like, holy fuck. Damn. <laughs> that's insane. Yeah. Although people do... Oh, God, this is going to get morbid so fast. So, you know, trigger warning, suicide, whatever. Um, not whatever, sorry. It is a genuine trigger warning for suicide. Um, 
people shoot themselves in the head thinking I'm going to kill myself and this is a surefire way of doing it and mess it up and survive you know like granted they've got brain damage or they've got serious like aesthetic damage to their face but it can it's not unknown is the point that I'm trying to make that you get shot to the face and survive but I do think it's yeah very unlikely like no one's shooting someone in the head thinking that they're going to get yeah yeah exactly um so as i said that's that's pretty wild that he managed to at least you know cling to life for a few hours um Mm -hmm. but a toxicology report um would find that he had five different kinds of steroids in his bloodstream when he passed away which might explain why he was able to get shot in the face and not changes things not die very quickly (laughs) <laughs> fucking hell yeah I mean five different kinds of steroids isn't exactly going to um, blow things down for you is it so it does kind of make no. sense I didn't really consider this until I watched the documentary the second time um, and they mentioned it in obviously in the documentary um, and I was like you know what would the shot to the abdomen would it have kept him down if he had five different types of steroids in his system? Because wouldn't he be kind of superhuman at that point? I don't think there's a point for any human, whether you're up to your tits and roids or not, where a shot from a sawn-off shotgun doesn't at least knock you over. Yeah. Would it have kept him down? No, maybe yeah. not. He might have had enough adrenaline in his system and and steroids in his system to get up from, but I don't think it would have. He wouldn't have stayed standing. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? And there is that maybe sounds like a a minor point, but there is a difference there because if you're thinking about the fact that you're someone holding a shotgun trying to get someone to stop doing something, then if they remain standing, you're gonna think oh, God, that wasn't enough. I've got to do it again. Whereas if they fall Mm. to the floor, there would at least be, you know, 30 seconds, a minute, where you would have to check that they weren't going to get back up. Do you know what I mean? Like you would have to go over and and see what state they were in because they are on the floor and you need to know whether or not they're going to get back up. Does that make sense? I I feel like I'm being really pedantic. No, no. I guess if you were thinking, okay, do I need to shoot this person again? If they stay standing, yes, I do, definitely, bang, bang. If they fall down, I might not have to and I don't really want to, so I'll pause. Yeah, Um, and obviously that's why there's quite a bit of dialogue on if the second shot was really necessary. Depends what your intentions are. If if it's to stop yeah. him doing what he's doing, no. If it's to kill him, then yes. Yeah. So, um, Sally claimed to have stopped taking steroids by the time of the incident on Valentine's Day, uh, though one type of steroid was also found in her bloodstream as well. Um, when taken in for questioning, Sally would freely admit to shooting her husband twice, claiming it was in self-defense, and laid out the events of that evening. 
when she was charged with first degree murder, um, her children were placed in a care facility and later moved in with their mother's parents, where they spent the remainder of their early years. Sally's bail was set at $100,000. Um, and out of loyalty, this was paid for by McNeil's wrestling clients and others from the muscle, muscle worship um, community. Um, she and she does mention that in the documentary and obviously you know she says that you know the the men in the videos know you were seen as creeps and disgusting and you know degenerates and all that stuff um you know and but you know she was like they were never disrespectful and obviously Mm. they all got together and paid the bail for me so she was obviously very thankful for, for that yeah during her trial the defense for Sally would state that she was a battered woman um, who had only killed her husband out of fear that eventually he would kill her during one of his many bouts of roid rage. She was a woman that had been beaten and battered throughout her marriage to Ray and she had finally reached a breaking point. However, uh, Dan Goldstein, the prosecutor on the case, uh, did not believe that Sally McNeil, a strong, muscular woman, was the battered victim that she claimed to be. Um, in her testimony, she portrayed Ray as a jealous, unfaithful, steroid-addicted man who was prone to, as I said, roid rage. Goldstein, however, described Sally as, quote, anything but a battered wife. She is one of the most violent persons I have ever prosecuted. Strong words. Very strong words. Very, very strong words. Although, she has had um, quite a few violent episodes more than the average person. And I do mean person there, yeah. not just woman, like more than the average person. So, yeah. Mm, she's not unviolent. No, no. She's, you know, she's she's had her own instances and moments of, of you know, of violence towards others. Um, and like I said earlier, said earlier, the prosecution would really hem in on this as their, you know, go-to strategy to, you know, to get a first-degree murder charge to to stick. Um, the prosecution dismantled Sally's lifestyle, which is generally associated with men, claiming that as a bodybuilder and a marine, she had aggressive tendencies by nature and had planned to kill Ray from the very beginning. Um, Her past instances of violence were also used to illustrate her violent tendencies and persuade the jury that Sally could not have been the battered woman the defence stated that she was. Um, They also painted Sally to be a jealous wife, someone who was more in love with her husband than he was with her, and couldn't handle the fact that he wanted to leave her. In Sally's mind, if she couldn't have Ray, nobody else could. Prosecutors would claim that Sally couldn't be a quote, beaten woman, because essentially, quote, well, just look at her. Further evidence, stuff, uh, further evidence surfaced uh, that would cast doubt on the veracity of, uh, or veracity of Sally's account, including her body language during the initial police interview, and the trajectory of the rounds fired into Ray. Uh, blood spatter would be present, on the inside of their living room lampshade, going in an upwards trajectory, showing that Ray had already hit the floor when Sally had um, gone back um, to get more rounds reloaded 
and fired the second shot to the face. And in a particularly damaging salvo for Sally, uh, her Killer Sally videos were made admissible by court, allowing them to be entered into evidence. Um, Being shown in the videos in army gear, calling herself Killer Sally and holding the shotgun that she used to kill her husband, the prosecution would say that this would portray a picture of someone who was not just a persona for the camera, not just a character in some home movies, yet the person um, that Sally really was. Um, and in the in the documentary, um, her defense attorney would, would talk about the fact that the home videos were put into evidence, um, and he would say that that was absolutely devastating um, mm. to their case, which unsurprising i think yeah yeah absolutely it's um in my head i've i'm putting myself in her shoes and if you're a jury and you're looking at me you might think okay she's either this poor helpless girl who's been you know abused and she's just flipped and, and shot someone that she loved. Or mm-hmm. you can look at me and think, okay, she found out that that person was cheating on her. And when he came home, she became enraged, <clears throat> shot him, and then shot him again to make sure that he died because she wanted revenge. Now, either of those could be true. Just to state, you know, in case there's anyone tuning in at this point and you've only just joined us. I haven't killed anyone. But if that were the case, either of those could easily be true until you look back at me as a person, you look at like character, I don't know, statements from people that would probably say something like, yeah, she talks about killing people a lot. You know, she, she likes a bit of revenge. I've literally got the word revenge tattooed on my arm. It's, you know, it's a, it's a big deal. And, she talks about true crime and serial killers and killing people and murder all the time. And suddenly I'm guilty. You know, I I wanted to kill that person. But in actual fact, I genuinely think that if I was in that situation, I would 100% want to shoot that dude in the head. But I wouldn't because I just want him to stop. Yeah. And I don't think, I think he probably would have killed me because I would have shot him in the stomach, seen him gone down and assumed that he'd stay there because yeah, you do. You would just assume that. If you shoot someone, you assume that they're going to die. So if I'd shot him in the stomach and he'd gone down, I probably would be, I don't know, sitting in a corner crying my eyes out and he'd probably be getting up and kill me anyway. You know, mm. there's like middle ground in this as well. Yeah. It's, Although um, I'm not a bodybuilder. You so. know, we, we've... <laughs> There's that. Um, we've mentioned it a few a few times, but there there are just so many quirks about this case. Um yeah. so many things that you can look at. Um you know, it's it's quite a you know, I think if you're interested in, you know, law and criminal law, it's definitely a case that would be an interesting one to read up on, obviously in detail. Um, not mm. listening to a podcast episode about it, but, you know, fully diving into it. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think I think the point that I was trying to make with all of that was that if okay, and these are big ifs, I appreciate that. But if it's true that he came home and tried to attack her, then she would have reacted in such a way that anything before that moment wouldn't have mattered. Like, cause you don't yeah. think about the fact that she probably didn't even think about the fact that he'd been having an affair. All that's happened at that point is that she is trying to survive the ordeal that she's going through. She shot him once. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, she's either thought I need to shoot him again to stop him or, oh shit, I'm in trouble. I might as well kill him. But either of those things would still be the truth whether or not she was making those videos, whether or not she'd been in the army, none of that really matters because it wasn't, I mean, I, guess, I was going to say it wasn't premeditated, but then maybe it was, I don't know. But if we're assuming that it wasn't premeditated, then that decision was made in that moment and nothing else uh -huh. really was going to affect it. Uh -huh. So I don't... Yeah. I think um, what I'm saying is I don't think those videos should have been admissible because I don't think they would have been relevant at that point. It's like if, yeah. if she was a man and it was a man that had, I don't know, was in the apartment or whatever and Ray had attacked this man, this intruder, let's say, he'd attacked him and that man had shot him twice, would they have locked, like looked into that guy's past as much? Probably not. Mm -hmm. I'm making a very I mean, long, a convoluted point, point um, but I hope you're with me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and to be honest, they, in the documentary, they sort of go into into that, how mm -hmm. because she was a big, muscular woman, she was looked at entirely differently if she was, you know, rather if she was a, a, a regular-sized woman. Yeah. Um, mm you know, that was very much held against her that because of her appearance, you know, people were like, oh, she couldn't be abused. Look at, look at the size of her. Um, you know, and yeah. that was very much, like I said, used against her, unfortunately, because just, you know, you can't, it, it, it's massively unfair, obviously, to use someone's appearance as a sticking point to a criminal case rather than, mm -hmm the actual case itself yeah yeah it's not a crime to be strong it's not yeah, a crime yeah, to exa be a bodybuilder. exactly yeah so uh while sally um wouldn't be convicted of first degree murder the jury seemed to find some truth in goldstein's strategy of portraying sally as a violent dangerous woman um and sally would be convicted of the lesser charge of second degree murder um against sentence to 19 years to life in prison However, in what is a rarity in true crime um, and on this podcast, this case does have um, a positive ending, which is good because that we don't we don't have that a lot. We, we don't. <laughs> we need the odd glimmer yeah, of don't. hope every now and again. <laughs> yeah, we do. Um, so Sally started seeking parole in 2011, but her requests were denied four times because the court didn't think she... Uh, blah. Let's try that again. Sally started seeking parole in 2011, but her requests were denied four times because the court didn't think that she was a battered woman and that she wasn't, quote, taking accountability 
for her actions. Speaking in the Killer Sally, Killer Sally documentary, Sally said, quote, the last time I went to the parole board, I had to say it was my intention to kill my husband, um, like as though he never abused me or beat me or broke my bones or choked me. It was all me and I accepted responsibility. Mm. Um, in 2020, um, the good news would finally arrive for Sally McNeil. And that was because in the in summer of 2020, after 25 years in prison, uh, she was released from the Central California Women's Facility and started to build a new life at the Veterans Trans, uh, Transitions Center. Growing up, um, Shantina and John would stop going to see their mother. Um, Shantina joined the military and ended up in an abusive relationship herself for three years. Um, a rather terrifying duplication of her own mother's experiences. Um, she was reunited with Sally in the documentary and Shantina now has a son of her own. After having his own daughter, John um, would sever his relationship with his mother because he was angry over what she had let him... Uh, because he was angry over what she had let them see when they were young. John would also eventually enlist in the military and serve in Afghanistan. Later, he would check himself into a program for drug and alcohol addiction, as well as PTSD. Um, and I, I said that this is going to end on a positive note. There was one positive thing in that um, and yeah. some not so positive. Um, mm -hmm. But to actually end on a brighter note, um, Sally would marry Stuart Northfleet in 2022, um, whom she met through her Veteran Transition Centre support group. Um, both Sally's children um, and her grandchildren were present at the wedding. Um, her son, John, actually walking her up the aisle, I believe. Um, and the couple um, are hoping for a much brighter future ahead of them. And that is the case of Sally McNeil. Amy, thoughts, feelings? What do you think? It's a tough one, isn't it? It's a tough one. Mm -hmm. I I think second degree murder is exactly where this sits. Mm -hmm. Um I think that I, I, I believe everything. Again, I don't I don't know this woman. I don't know all of the evidence. I don't know I haven't other than watching the documentary and now listening to us talking to you talking about it, Dom, I don't know the case in that much depth. Mm -hmm. But what my gut tells me is that everything is true. That mm -hmm. he was very abusive. He he essentially tortured the poor woman to the point where she felt like she had no out. I think she would have found out about the affair and as someone that has been in a relationship that is somewhat abusive and found out that that person was cheating, that is not a nice feeling. It's yeah. almost like everything else you can put up with, but how dare you do that? Like that's mm -hmm. the final straw, you know? So I believe that there might have been a part of her at that point that maybe didn't realise it immediately, but would have wanted to kill him. So yeah, I believe all of that. What I then think <clears throat> is probably the most likely thing to have happened is that he did attack her 
he was trying to choke her. He was trying to, you know, she might well have thought that he was trying to kill her. So she went to get her gun, which was what she had to hand to be able to protect herself. And she shot him in the stomach. I then think she thought, well, you know what? I've killed him or I've seriously injured him. Either way, I'm in trouble. But what I do know is that I'm fucking hangry. So I'm going to go and I'm going to reload my gun and I'm going to shoot him in the head and I'm going to kill the motherfucker because I'm already in the shit. But this will make me feel better. Yeah. And does that make her guilty of second degree murder? Yes, it does. Does it make her, you know, a terrible person in my book? Not really. In -hmm. fact, it makes her very relatable. Yeah. I think first degree murder would have been harsh. Um, so I think second degree is is the right um, the right charge. Obviously, it's just an unfortunate situation all around. Um, you know, it was unfortunate for Sally, obviously, because her whole life she was surrounded by abuse. Um, you know, and like she said in the documentary, she just thought that was commonplace. She thought that happened in every home. Um, she thought that happened in every marriage as well that you know the the wife would get abused Um, her kids would get abused and yeah she she just got to a point where she said to herself you know I'm gonna have to do this otherwise he's gonna end up killing me Um, yeah so yeah, I think yeah, I, don't, I think there's it's... a few things that might have meant that he would still be alive. And one of them would be if either he hadn't have cheated or she'd never have found out. I think if that information wasn't available to her in whatever way, he might still be alive. If he hadn't then tried to hurt her again, with her knowing that information, so if he hadn't tried choking her, he might also still be alive. I do think that she can be prone to violence, can be very, very angry, can want him dead, but him have still survived all of that if it hadn't been for the fact that he tried to hurt her. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was the um, moment. You as know, soon as he tried to hurt her, I think that was the moment that she probably thought. <laughs> no, do you know what? I'm I'm going back on it even then. I don't think it, even at that point she would maybe have thought, I'm going to kill him. I think it would have been, I need to survive this. And then when she shot him, she probably had those few seconds to think, fuck, I'm in trouble. Like, I'm in a lot of trouble here. Mm-hmm. And that would have made you even more angry. If it was me, it would have made me so much more angry. Not only has this man abused me and made me feel like shit, cheated on me, like the absolute audacity to then do all that and then cheat on me, but now I'm going to go to fucking prison for stopping him trying to hurt me again. So you know what? Yeah, I'm going to shoot you in the fucking head because you deserve it. Yeah. It's unfortunate as well that her appearance was used as a weapon, you could say, for the prosecution. Um, You know, how, because she was muscular 
there was no way that she was a battered woman. She was just a cold-blooded murderer. Um, and obviously, if she was, if she was a um, a petite woman who was with someone who was much bigger in size, um, and she did the same thing, would would she have been looked at differently? Would it yeah. have been? Oh yeah, she was definitely abused because look at her you know she's tiny she 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 had to do it um and i think the the prosecution would have very much <clears> focused <throat> on the physical side of the abuse they would have looked at the things that she was accusing him of i.e you know choking her and bruising her and you know leaving physical marks on her and trying to make the jury question whether or not that was possible but what they wouldn't have been touching on and wouldn't have been thinking about the effects of is the psychological side of that like granted he if he had hit you know a regular petite woman it probably would have done a hell of a lot more damage don't get me wrong but it still did damage to her but that's not the overall effect of that punch you know there's so much more to it than that yeah and it's arguably the psychological abuse is more relevant as to why he then ended up dead because you yeah. can take a hit do you know what i mean like you can, you can take a punch and you can think oh well i'm strong i'll fight back but it takes a long and developed amount of psychological abuse for a switch in someone's brain to go i want you dead yeah, and I think that's what happened. Hundred percent agree. That was a that was a nice, insightful post uh, post main episode yeah. discussion. I like that. Woof. Um, <laughs> that being said, Amy, would you like to see, <laughs> <laughs> would you like to see us out for this week? I would love to. Um, I think just before we do that, though, it would be a good thing to mention that we will maybe put some links. <laughs> in the show notes, in the YouTube notes, to some um, domestic abuse survivors support groups. You know, if you are someone that feels like you might need to make use of that sort of resource, we will provide it. Um, Please do. Um, Mm -hmm. But thank you, Dom, for that episode. I I immediately feel the need to go and watch the documentary again because I think (laughs) revisiting, I'm now like... What what else was going on? What else did I miss? So I'm definitely going to go. Maybe not watch all three episodes tonight because you know I've got work <laughs> in the morning and I'm an old girl. But um, I'm definitely want to watch it again because I'm sure that I've missed something. Um, but for the meantime, um, if you like what we do here, please do feel free to support us. And there are many free ways that you can do that. You can subscribe to the YouTube. Hello, new subscribers. Thank you for being here. But we would like more of you. Yes. You can leave a comment, you can leave a like on our socials, you can follow us on your podcast app of choice. Um, all of those things really, really help us out. And as always, our DMs are open. So if you want to drop us a DM, a case that you've heard about that you want us to cover, we do that a lot. Um, we like to hear about cases that we maybe not have thought of covering ourselves that you would like us to do. So please do let us know. Yes. Um, if you fancy slinging us a bit of financial support, because God knows it's the end of January and I bloody need it, um, <laughs> you can buy us a coffee 
Uh, Use the Buy Us A Coffee link um, to chuck us a bit of money. Or you can go to the merch store and get yourself some merch, um, which is always a good way to support us. But just tell your mates. Do you know what I mean? Just just go and tell someone about us. That's a nice thing to do. Um, if you wanted to say yeah. something along the lines of, I listened to a very good podcast this week. Um, one of the hosts was incredibly yeah. charming and told a fantastic story. The other one's got red hair as a twat, but just ignore her. Um, if you wanted to say something like that, you can. And and that would be a great way to help us as well and spread the word about what we do. Um, we will be back next week with another episode. That is... Um, what can I say that's not going to, to give it away? Do you know what? Nothing. You're just going to have to tune in next week to find out, I'm afraid. Because I can't give you any clues without giving it away. So... Just come back. Okay. Um, but what I will say is that it's not true crime. Hmm. Oh, okay. No, Intriguing. no, 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 no. Something a little bit Intriguing. different. Intriguing. Um, so join us next week. And until then, stay spooky. Stay spooky, you beautiful, beautiful people. What like a, I want to shoot someone. What a case. <laughs> um, no. All of my exes are still alive. If this ever gets used <laughs> in some sort of prosecution, all of my exes are still, as far as I'm aware, they're still alive. Uh -huh. Um, So uh -huh. I'm obviously not as that. Can you just stop? Oh, God. You're getting called as a character witness. <laughs> Uh, oh dear. And that's why I'll end up in prison. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. Amy's exes are still alive. Yes. Unfortunately. That is 100% true. <laughs>